How do you turn hate into love? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make it the show? Start the clock! Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind TV podcast. Uh, technical difficulties. We were running just a little bit late on that start, and so I was trying to uh, overcompensate and screw the, the tech part of it up. Uh, thank you for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. Uh, kind of a, an unusual day. Uh, if you caught my show uh, today at 1 p.m., uh, kind of an overwhelming topic uh, in stuff about the uh, vagus nerve that I had uh, really never even heard be- heard of before, and my guest was uh, talking about some amazing, um, amazing things that can happen by decompressing this uh, vagus nerve that I have never heard of. And you- you're hearing me correctly, vagus nerve. It sounds like something a gambler needs, vagus nerve. Um, if you've heard of it before, um, I'd wonder what your thoughts are on this whole idea of uh, decompressing it. Now, my, I approached my <laughs> my wife after the show, and I asked her if she had ever heard of the Vegas nurse. Uh, she's a nurse, and she said, oh, yeah, right away. She said, uh, that... <laughs> If you're constipated it, it, and you and you try to push too hard, you could pass out by putting too much pressure on that nerve. Well, I said, well, my guest didn't mention anything about um, that. <laughs> so it's been an interesting day. I'm still overwhelmed by the, the conversation, though, uh, and the extraordinary claims made. And I'm going to have to do a lot more research into it. I haven't had time to do that research today, and I don't think I'm going to get that kind of research done in one day. But I am curious. If you heard the program, uh, uh, let me know what you think about it. Write to me at info at minddogtv.com. Or if you haven't, I uh, recommend you do check out today's program. Uh, Very, very interesting program. I want to talk a little bit about my sponsors. You know about them. FunWise Capital, lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. You can apply in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit score to see how much you can get. And you can use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You heard me correctly. I said start or grow your business. Uh, If you're not in business yet, if you don't have a business, but you have a solid business plan and you need funding to get it off the ground, they can help you. FundWise Capital can help. Uh, Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. You can't beat 0%, folks. You just can't beat that. If you find a way to beat 0%, let me know about it. Write to me. Uh, They also provide unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, or bridge loans. Um, They work with real estate, startups, as I mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business project. And here's how you get started. You just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Again, it costs nothing, nothing to uh, apply and find out how much you can get credit for, and it won't affect your credit score whatsoever. So uh, please do uh, check them out, apply.funwise.com slash minddog. My guest tonight, Lori Herbert. She's an empowerment coach, certified educator, 
author, entrepreneur, and founder and CEO of Soul Love Legacy. She created, created a course called Turn Loving Yourself into a Habit. Tough task for a guy like me. She wrote, set, uh, she wrote a book called Second Chances, How I Turned Hate into Love and Found My Purpose. Another big mountain to climb here, folks. Uh, everything, ooh, what's this? I got something that just popped up here. That was weird. Everything she does is done in love, and she believes in honoring all life. She is passionate about leading others to the truth, uh, their purpose, and falling in love with life, every aspect of it. Her number one goal in life is to change the world through the movement of love from the soul. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears and open your minds and help me welcome in Laurie Herbis to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Laurie, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, so this love stuff, what is this love stuff? What is love? Love is everywhere. It's in everything. It's huge. It's it sounds so simple, but it um, it isn't really that simple, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is actually it is. Yeah, I spent most of my life, like I said, um, pretty much hating everything about myself. I had a lot of abuse and trauma growing right. up. Um, and it's in everything. Like if you just step outside, it's in trees. Everything that's alive has love. There's it's an actual energy. It's a frequency. Well, I believe I believe in energy and frequency, but uh, if uh, love is everywhere, how come we have so much negativity in the world? How much? How come there's old curmudgeons like me? And you know, and I I, I play a uh, play it up a little bit. I, I say on on social media every I tag I tag every photo just about with love and kindness, and I understand the want for love uh, and, and for to treat every every being with love and respect, but it doesn't really come that easy. Right. It's mindset and perception because like me growing up, my mindset was I was unworthy. It yeah. wasn't until I started to understand I can choose differently that I could uh, choose to be how? worthy. How do you go about making that, that choice differently? Daily. <laughs> it's a choice every single day to get up because, you know, there's days you can wake up and be like, "Ugh, I don't even want to get out of bed. But yeah. you choose. You choose <laughs> yeah. to get up. Right. <laughs> That's true. It's, yes, I you make yeah. yourself get up right so and and daily your perceptions change so how i feel about something yesterday like usually one of the things i learned is like when something falls apart and it feels like this huge tsunami of crud <laughs> i remind myself you know right in that moment your perception is ah but when you allow yourself to step back from it and give yourself a couple days your perceptions on that changes it doesn't seem as huge as it did three days ago that is ago. absolutely true. Uh, er everything seems, especially the bad stuff, seems much bigger when you're going through it than it will. And as as time goes by, it seems, uh, you know, that there's that old saying, you know, someday we'll we'll laugh about this. Is is mm -hmm. the thing you say in every one of those situations? So sure, that that's definitely true. Uh, but manifesting that in your life. Um, it can't be just as easy as saying, I'm just going to decide to be loving today. It can't be because if it were, the world would be a much better place for all of us, wouldn't it? Right. Yes. And, and no, but I'm saying like you have to choose every day to start fixing your mindset because I could, I didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm awesome and worthy. I love everything. No, right. it was a step by step. But if you look at it this way, like if you just take one step every single day, then after a year, you, you're 365 steps from where you were last year. It's a constant so, choosing every single day to keep listening. Like, 
because I had to pay attention to my thinking. Right. Because well, a bad thought, you know, those negative thoughts will zip through there. And if you just keep going along with them instead of going, whoa, what is that? Right. It's it's a matter of paying attention to your own thoughts and saying, is that even true? Because a lot of my thoughts weren't even true. They were based on what somebody else told me. It wasn't mm -hmm. fact. That's true. Um, but uh, and part of, part of my thinking is if there's a light, there's darkness. They have, they, you know, they don't, there's never one side of anything. There's positive and negative to everything, right? Mm -hmm. So right. Uh, you mentioned turning hate into love. So hate definitely exists in the world. Right. And, and so how do, you, how do you take that first step in turning hate, especially when, let's say, you're full of love. You're walking around with this loving attitude, but you're, you're confronted with hate on all angles. How are you? How do you defend against that? And uh, as you say, turn hate into love. Again, choose is a choice every single day. Joy, like joy is an actual choice. You is choose it? joy. Yes. <laughs> you can be in the midst of total chaos and crap and just flying at you and you can still choose joy. I know hmm. it sounds really crazy. And and like I said, it's not like something you just magically do, which I tell a lot of my clients is not, ma I, it's just not magical. You actually have to put in effort and pay attention to your thinking. You have to choose every multiple times throughout the day because you could be having. I there's I was a teacher. My background's education, so I could go to school, great mood, and it would take one kid to just like throw everything out of whack. It's like they threw a wrench in the works. I choose. I had to choose every single day. I could react to what that kid just did to me, or I could take a step back and go, okay, what he's doing really doesn't have anything to do with me. Usually, people out there that might yell at you or honk at you, flip you off, whatever doesn't even have anything to do with you. So once you understand that what they're going through doesn't have to necessarily touch me, I can choose to understand that we all have crappy days. It's that zero judgment that comes into play with love and understand that what they're saying, even if they're yelling at me and attacking me, may have absolutely nothing to do with me. That That's uh, something that we can practice. I definitely try to keep that in mind. Whenever I see somebody who is... Uh, just really in a, angry at me. I, I always try to consider, boy, they must be going through some some pretty heavy mm -hmm. stuff uh, that has nothing to do with me. But it's it seems so easy to, I don't know, personalize it, I guess, and and mm -hmm. take it in like it's. I must have done something to cause that reaction, and sometimes I have done something to cause that reaction. So that that part is a little difficult. So what practically? What what are the practical steps? You just you just stand in place and and say choose now. I mean, is it is that? <laughs> it's it's like learning to walk. Like the first step, you fall down. Like when you first choose. Like when I first decided. You know what? I don't want to live a life feeling crappy about myself every single day. I want to actually have joy and happiness and feel good because I literally had so much weight that like the first day I decided it lasted maybe five seconds and then someone ticked me off. <laughs> right. I mean, it's something you actually, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Just like the more I dug into my thoughts and they would not just let it pass by, but actually go, whoa, why do I have that? Why do I think that? And then decide, you know, is it even true? Sometimes you just got to step back and go, am I truly unlovable? Am I worthless? Is that an actual fact? Right. No, because then I could sit there and go, my mom loves me. My sister loves me. You know, my daughter loves me. Sometimes we just sit back, you know, just it's, it's like almost like stepping back 
and removing the emotion from it and really looking at it and going, what is this? <laughs> Sometimes mm. I tell people it's like you just happen to walk around and you found a piece of paper on the ground and it was a letter and it says, uh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's that much. It's just like, oh, I wonder what that's about. It's literally just stepping back and going, is this actually true? Or why do I think that? And then usually once you dig into it, sometimes it's just some random thing. Somebody said to you 15 years ago and you're like, why is that even still in there? I don't even believe it. Stuff gets shoved down our subconscious and we don't even know what's down there. Right. It wreaks uh, havoc. <laughs> have you ever heard of this Vegas nerve thing? No. <laughs> I have it, not. It's not spelled Vegas like Las Vegas. It's V-A-G-U-S. But uh, so my guest today w- was talking about this nerve that runs from our cranium down to our spine. And uh, apparently, because uh, you were talking about self-worth and all that stuff, suicidal ideation, all of that kind of uh, self-doubt, that se- feeling of uh, not, you know, loss of self-worth and all that kind of stuff. She says, uh, starts from the physical, working from this nerve that has compression issues. And she's uh, uh, making these very extraordinary claims, which I w- really am interested in and, and, and want to check out. But because so you're you're obviously our I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you're not of that school that you think um, these feelings of uh, self-worth are just a mental thing that we could talk ourselves out of it without any change in physical or um, uh, or, or, you know, any kind of adjustment physically. Uh, Yes and no, (laughs) because. Technically, we need to be aligned in all areas, mind, body, soul. Well, she uses that word, too. That's good. Yes, because you definitely um, can. Well, your mind's very powerful. You can tell yourself lots of things. But still, if your body, sometimes your body's trying to tell you something. Like if your lower back hurts, it could be some um, energy that's placed in something that happened five years ago. It's so crazy the way that your body can manifest different pains because of your thinking. So there is, I don't know, I've never heard of that, but there is some truth to, because you are connected, mind, body, soul, spirit, all, it's all. And when you get out of alignment, then weird things start to happen. Yeah, uh, (laughs) well, to be honest with you, there's not much, most of the conversations I've had, I was, I've been able to uh, keep up with some very smart people telling me a lot of things. I was uh, a little bit overwhelmed and lost with the whole study of this uh, nerve that I had no idea about. But uh, I think she called it the the um, the main bridge be- between your your mental and your physical, and is is in this nerve, and it's usually compression problems. And it's just like, wow, why have not more? If this is true. Why have not more people heard about it uh, and and understand it? Because it's it's you know she's talking about relieving suicidal ideation, which you know somebody's got ideas of suicide, and she said basically in one session through a, phys- a physical manipulation of this nerve and decompressing it, um, person never had suicidal suicidal thoughts again, which is like wow, magic, right? So why wouldn't more people? be embracing that why wouldn't you know medical traditional medical science be throwing their arms up and saying that's it we've cured suicidal thoughts we're we're done with it (laughs) um so and and i kind of feel the same way about the you know the stuff that you're talking about here that everybody has the ability to make a choice between that uh because i know people who who just seem and i've talked to people who i definitely feel like they've had this 
physical, um, I don't know how, how to explain it, really, a predisposition towards uh, um, so suicidal thoughts and have had them, had them their whole life, you know, been in therapy and out of therapy and nothing changes that. So the idea that they can kind of lo- learn to love themselves uh, would be foreign. I know to a lot of the people I've talked to who've had suicidal thoughts, the idea that they could really find love for themselves is a real hard sell. Uh, so mm-hmm. when somebody would say say that to you, like as a client come to you and like, I've hated myself forever. I don't think I could ever love myself. What would your answer be to that? There's power in your mind. If you believe that you will never love yourself, you will never love yourself. <laughs> well, there, the, like the power, you're, the power in believing is what you're going to see. It's like if you get into manifesting, if you don't believe you're going to have something, then you're not going to have it. If you really believe that you can have something, you can have it. Like if I, I was, I, I was told when I was little, I was stupid and I would never amount to anything to the point that when I got to my senior year, my counselor told me I wasn't smart enough to go to college. Well, I have a master's degree now. If I would have chose to keep listening to them and never try, I mean, it took me 14 years <laughs> after wow. high school to actually try to go to college. But there's got to be a point where you got to decide, do I want better or not? Because I had suicidal thoughts. Right. I grew up, I literally, when I say that I turned hate to love, I hated myself, everything right. about me, my entire life. I, I thought more, it. I crap. think more people can uh, can relate to that than, than we think, that, that idea of yeah. self-hatred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when people come to you, are they, are they uh, you know, when you start to work with people, have you worked with a lot of people in that very, very dark place of suicidal ideation and I totally hate myself? Uh, yes and no. But like I said, by the time they get to me, it's they're ready to do something about it. Right. Like if I, if some, I had people tell me stuff growing up too, because, you know, there came up, like I said, perception, because I had a father that treated me like crap. But on the other hand, like, it wasn't until, like, the last few years where I'm like, wait a minute, why did I only listen to him? I had a mother that adored me and loved me and wanted me and kept me. But she wasn't my main focus. My my main focus was on how he always said I was stupid and worthless and I would never be anything. Right. So there's two. there was two sides to that coin, and I was only looking on the one. Gotcha. So it wasn't until I actually chose to go, well, wait a minute. Is that even true that no one absolutely could love me? Um, my mom does. <laughs> it already contradicted it. So sometimes it's just a matter of going, Wait a minute, is that really true? And I know that there's a lot of people out there that maybe didn't have the parent that loved them. I mean, at least I had the one, but there is. Like, I spent my whole life thinking that love came from somewhere out there, that someone had to give it to me. And that's not true. Love actually comes through us. We have it. We have the ability to to change our perception. Our mind is a very powerful thing. Powerful. Okay. But I'm sure, and I'm sure, and I, I know I sound like a, a broken record, but I'm sure there are people listening to this who are saying, that sounds great, but how? How do I get, because it does it's not, for a lot of us, it's not just easy as, as flipping a switch and saying, yeah, I'm going to make that decision right now. <laughs> I mean, it it sounds, okay, I could try that, but um I think as human beings, first of all, and you mentioned this kind of before, you're not going to, it'll last five minutes and then you'll fall back and slide back. We, we want something to work completely the first time. We're looking for that kind of miracle cure. We're looking for that, uh, 
not quick fix necessarily, but a fix, a complete fix. Mm -hmm. And so when we when we see ourselves failing just a little bit, it's easy to backslide and, and all, all that kind of stuff. And how do you stay in that positive frame of mind? When, you know, when when soon as something goes wrong and you find yourself back in old habits and 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 old traditions. Mm -hmm. For me, there was two things that really helped me. One, zero judgment. Giving myself zero judgment. Yeah, I might have had a really crappy day five minutes ago. Like I might have made just the stupidest mistake. You know what? I did that. I can acknowledge I did it. It's okay. I'm human. I make mistakes. And the second thing that really helps me is every day I would go like, is that honoring me? Because like I said, the alignment of mind, body, you know, if I'm not honoring every single piece of me, then I'm out of alignment. So do, so you, ha do you have to be physically healthy to kind of implement this stuff? No, I have. I can't even tell you. I keep telling myself <laughs> I need to work out more because I do. But I, I think everybody does powerful. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, because but every day, like, but I honestly, like, I have to sit there and like, if I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm a horrible person. How is that honoring me? It doesn't honor any piece of me at right. all. So for me, it was just every day thinking about zero judgment towards self and honoring myself. And right. like I said, it was not easy. This was not. And we got to remember, I didn't come out of the womb saying, I suck. I'm unworthy. I hate myself. <laughs> right, right. I, I, it's something that happened and happened and happened and happened. Because if you watch kids playing, they don't, they're not going, oh, you're stupid. I hate you. No, they're singing and dancing. It's not until some other thing gets in there and gets in their head or something happens, some trauma or abuse or somebody says something. Right. So we have to remember it didn't they didn't just magically end up hating themselves. Trauma was, trauma definitely uh, plays into that and but this is a conversation I've had so many times on this program and really I'm struggling to understand. I believe that you know people can be good and evil. I mean there are examples of evil people out there. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe it's like as you just said no baby is ever born evil. It's, uh, I, I, I find it hard to believe that any medical science or any kind of science would uh, come up with a study that could possibly say that uh, that some people are born uh, predestined to be evil, uh, like psychopaths and sociopaths and that stuff. I think it's acquired along uh, along the way somewhere. Mm -hmm. And but everybody has some trauma to some extent, don't you think? Yeah, which is why I'm saying there is no magic button because you weren't just someone did just come around and go, I think you suck. And then the rest of the life you're like, I'm, I suck. <laughs> it's a it's a it's either somebody says something to you and you keep fixating on it and keep fixating on it, and keep fixating on it. And then, of course, what you believe is what starts to happen, because like I got straight A's in like when I was younger. But my dad kept saying I was stupid. Yeah. And so I still thought I was stupid, even though I was getting straight A's. Right. Because he kept telling me every day I was stupid. And so then I just stopped trying. So it wasn't that I came out, you know, thinking I'm stupid and worthless. So I couldn't just flip it just the way that he didn't just magically flip it so that I would felt a worthless. It was years of constantly hearing that. Just like now it took me a while, like a good solid year of actually every time having to stop myself and go, wait, is that even right? Wait, where is that? Wait, what is that? I wish I could say, and I tell my clients all the time, I wish I could just say one session with me and you're just going to be magically better. <laughs> no, because if you have 30 years of, of telling yourself and hearing that you're worthless, it's not just going to magically change. Right. Uh, it, so it, are there, you, 
are there practical steps, practical exercises that you can do to, that you've de- developed with all this stuff, or is it just a matter of reinforcement? So, uh, you know, I'm, when you talk about sessions with you, uh, is is that what you're doing? You're working through like exercises for people to kind of uh, go through on this stuff, or, or how does it work? Um, sometimes exercises, sometimes just teaching and breathing techniques. Um, and I always give them homework <laughs> because one of the things, if I could give people one thing to start working on right now, self care, you don't, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but it is when you're actually taking care of yourself. And it was actually one day I was just talking to my sister. We were just rambling about something. And out of my mouth, I said, you're in a relationship acting like you want to break up because think about it. If you're in a relationship with someone and you never care about their self care, like you don't care, you don't do something nice for them. They're going to be like, I don't want to be with you. Wow. But when you, you can't get rid of yourself and yet, (laughs) and yet it's so easy because for years, because I thought I was worthless, I didn't do anything for me. So when somebody stopped and asked me, well, what do you like to do for self care? I'm like, crickets. I don't know know because I don't do it. Hmm. So I wasn't honoring me at all. (laughs) So one of the first steps is doing things that you like that honor you, that make you feel good. Painting, drawing, writing, exercising, you know, fishing, uh, taking a nap, (laughs) reading a book. I ought to be full of love because I do all that stuff all day long every day. (laughs) But but are you looking at it as self-care? Like, are you doing it just because? Probably not. Probably not, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I don't look at it as I'm doing this for me, even though I am. I know I am. It's a selfish need that I have. You know, I have that I constantly need to be doing what I want, which is why I always hated working in the corporate world. So uh, I just want to, I'm going to let you off the hook with this love idea just for a second to uh, kind of uh, transition into finding purpose, using this to find their purpose, because that's part of of what uh, I read in your, uh, in your intro there, finding mm-hmm. purpose. I think that's the key to happiness for so many people. And we, another thing we talk about quite often on this program is um, when I see somebody who is drastically unhappy in their life, I generally, the, the, the first thought I have is they're, they're not doing, they're not living the life they, they're meant to be living. They're, mm-hmm. they're punching a clock in life. It's sort of say, uh, put, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to go through the, the, the route. I'm going to go through high school. I'm going to go through college. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to get a house. I'm going to have kids. And my kids are going to have kids. And then I'm going to punch out and get Social Security and then die. And <laughs> and basically that and never wanting, never did, did what they wanted to do when they were young and full of aspirations and dreams and all that kind of stuff. And so finding purpose is is. And to me, the key key to happiness. How do you use what we just talked about, self love, to help you determine what your real purpose should be and what you what you should be doing with your life? Right. Um, so, as far as purpose goes, if you don't even know how to do self care for yourself, how could you possibly know what you like to do? How do you know where your passions lie? Because um, it wasn't even until, like I said, because I felt worthless for me. Um, I just decided sometimes we just do things because we think that's what we should be doing and we want to do. And for me, a lot of the times I would get stuck doing something because I felt like I had to, because I was a single mom. I took all kinds of jobs because I'm like, I got to pay the bills. So I never once even considered that there could be something that I could do that I enjoy to do that I actually have passion for. Um, So sometimes when we disconnect with our own self, so when you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to know what you like. 
you don't know why you're here. You don't know what your passion is, if that's making sense. Um, Cause it wasn't until I really started digging into myself and what I've been doing, like thinking about, cause my whole life, even though I was not liking myself, I was that person my friends always came to when they wanted to feel empowered, when they were going through a rough time, I was the one that helped kind of lift them back up. And I've been doing it my whole life without even considering it as that's something that I should be doing. <laughs> I just did it because I did it, if that makes any sense. But if, but when it comes to purpose, what I tell people when they're confused, if you're kind of wishy-washy and you're like, well, I kind of like that, but here's my key. If someone came to you and told you whatever it is you were thinking about is your purpose, that you never get to do it, and how do you feel about that? Because if it's your purpose and you, it's your passion and your purpose and someone tells you you don't get to do it, it feels like someone rips your soul out of you. Right. That's <laughs> because how- when I, that's what I really realized when, if I was asked to kind of look at my soul expression at one, one of my coaching things was to look at my soul expression and the thought, the very thought that I can't go help people learn to love themselves and to get out of all that abuse and that trauma and that negative mindset it really made me feel like someone ripped my soul out. Right. I think so, a lot of what, what we're seeing right now is in the artistic community is exactly what uh, you just described. Uh, they are, they can't do what they love. A lot of performers yeah. and artistic people can't do uh, what they love to do and what their purpose is. And a lot of them are feeling very lost, distraught, angry, um, confused, you name it. Uh, and I, I've seen some people actually cry out uh, like, this sucks, writing that kind of stuff on social media. Just, just yeah. this sucks, and I, I can't take this anymore, and that kind of stuff. So that, that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. They feel like you know their, their soul has been ripped out of them. This is what mm-hmm. I love to do. I can't do it. Uh, so the whole world is in a, a really bad place right now because of what's going on. Uh, how, do you, how do you kind of address that stuff when there's so much? Because I, I noticed your number one goal in life is to change the world. That's a huge, huge goal, by the way. Yeah. But right now the world is hurting. So where, where do we start with this? Uh, with yourself. Because you even said, I don't even know if you noticed, but you said this. But when you were talking about doing all the things that you really like doing, you said it was being selfish. Yeah. That's the problem. It's not. I call it a love bucket. We each have a love bucket. And so for years, I was dragging around this empty bucket, expecting everyone else to fill it. First of all, what good is that doing me? And secondly, that is a lot of weight to put on everybody else out here to fill my bucket. It's not their job to fill my bucket. It's my job to fill my bucket. But it took me years to figure that out. But if you start thinking about, if I'm making sure my bucket's full so that it's overflowing, so I'm doing the things that make me feel good and that make me feel happy, and then I go out into the world, my, my bucket now is overflowing, and I give from the overflow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think of that. So think about meeting somebody else who's got a bucket that's overflowing, and you're overflowing, and you guys come together. What? A, how amazing of an afternoon are you going to have? That's true. I get Amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> uh, but I, I was very aware that I said the word selfish, and I was expecting you to call me out on it, uh, it <laughs> to some extent. Uh, I don't. When I'm doing it, I don't feel selfish in myself. I feel selfish. I, I, I say selfish because of the feedback I've gotten from the people I've been in relationships with, because I give too much time to myself sometimes, and I know I, I, I you know what. 
uh, if it comes down to, uh, and, and this is selfish in a way, if it comes down to uh, my relationships or what I need to do to, to express my creativity, and, and my wife will tell you this, all my ex-girlfriends will tell you this, I'm going to I'm gonna choose what I'm getting, doing my creative thing that I need to do in that moment. Uh, and um, I've always been that way, It's and I do feel selfish thinking about it that way, but when I'm in the moment doing it, I'm not feeling selfish at all. I just know I have to do this, like I have to breathe, like you're underwater I have to get to the top and breathe. That's the mm-hmm. feeling when I'm in the, in the creative zone. I got to do this. I got to get to the surface and catch my breath. Uh, but the people around me have told me, uh, it's like, wow, you, you don't love me. You're spending more time. You love your guitar more than me. You love your, uh, uh, your writing more than me. You love you know, your video camera more than me. You're, whatever it is I'm, I'm engaging in, create, in the creative process, it comes off as selfish to those who love me. <laughs> makes me wonder how full is their bucket <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean i, I like I, you say you know some people don't know their purpose i knew all, all along from from as far back as i can remember i think five seven years old uh that i wanted to be a creator i wanted to create music i wanted to create art i wanted to uh be in the creative field in some way right writing creating filming whatever it was but i knew that all along and so I've, i'm driven to do that more than most people can handle uh which is why you know i do two podcasts a day i write songs and do music videos in between i'm writing a book i'm, I'm doing videos for other people all, all every day so how fills my, fills my book bucket um i think i think it's pretty full but there are some <laughs> There is some self-judgment. You talk about no judgment. There is some self-judgment in that because I know it hurts the people who love me the most, who want to be with me, want that time for me that I often give to my creative self. <laughs> that makes sense. No, and it does. But then it makes me wonder because, again, it's a lot of weight to put on someone else to fill your bucket. So that's Absolutely. why I was wondering, like, what are they doing to fill their own bucket? Because if they're working on filling their bucket while you're working on filling your bucket, when you get together, you just have all this overflow of love. Right. Both your buckets are overflowing. That's why I was just curious. And I'm not saying there's no judgment on that because, I, like I've said, for years, I was the empty bucket girl dragging around going, fill my bucket, fill my bucket. Right. <laughs> that that kind of puts me in mind of John Maxwell. You know John Maxwell? He, he's a motivational speaker, a Christian guy. Uh, but his wife was asked uh, – about their marriage and what they do to keep each other happy and she said it's not my job to make him happy it's not his job to make me happy we're we're, it's our own job to make ourselves happy and be happy together that sounds great and it sounds uh, everything sounds so easy but it's not easy it's not easy (laughs) no but if you're both trying to fill your buckets and you're both coming from zero judgment then she's not shouldn't be judging you on doing what you love yeah. But then again, you need to be coming to her with your full bucket. <laughs> right, right. You know, given from the overflow. There's a yeah. it's a yin and yang. There's a give and take. Right. Uh that no judgment stuff is a is a is a big one. You know, I hear hear about uh what's the what's the big phrase people use? Oh, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, practically it <laughs> it, it sounds great, but as a, a practical matter, 
there's no such thing as unconditional love. You're gonna, and I, I, I come up with, I can come up with an example, and and basically this, this is your wife is, uh, you come home and your wife is just, you find out your wife has just mur murdered two of your children by dunking them in the in the tub oh. and drowning them. <laughs> then she's got the third one and ready to give them the plunge. Do you unconditionally yeah. love her at that that point, or do you say, uh, wait a minute? Don't do that. You know, do everything you can to to protect that other child and not yeah. love that wife so much. I mean, yeah. so uh, there is some some conditions to that. It's uh, to it, and no judgment is really hard. I mean, you can try to minimize your judgment. I don't think we're wired as human beings not to judge. I mean, judgment keeps us safe in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Well, there's judgment, and then there's boundaries. So you can have zero judgment, but still have boundaries. Because if you're honoring yourself the way you're supposed to, you're automatically going to notice when someone's not honoring you in the way that you're meant to be. That was one of the biggest problems in the world. People don't honor themselves, and therefore they don't honor other people. But if you really have the mindset of I'm honoring myself, then your boundaries are going to come up. So I can have someone come and yell at me and have zero judgment, but I'm still going to say, whoa. I hear right. what you're saying, but if you're going to talk to me in a yelling tone, then I don't have to sit here and listen to you. Right. So there's boundaries within that. That doesn't mean you have zero judgment so people can run up right over me. No. So Not if you're honoring yourself. Right. So uh, you kind of mentioned, well, you mentioned several times about um, looking for it from outside. It's, it's got to come from inside. Um there are people who just feel like they don't have it inside, though. I, I, you're saying that those people never make it to you because you have to have uh, had some kind of, I don't want to call it like like AA says or, or any kind of 12-step program. You have to hit rock bottom before you're ready to improve. Or do is that, the, is that the same case with people you work with? They've actually had to come to a place where they've hit rock bottom and said, you know what, I can't take, I can't take any more on the downward spiral. I'm, I'm ready to make a change. It can be that, or it can be some people have just already been kind of doing it, but they just kind of get stuck. Sometimes you have some blocks or they don't know, or maybe they're really good, but they're really bad with boundaries. I mean, it can go so many different ways. Right. There's not just one. Yes. You have to get hit rock bottom. Some of us, some of us stubborn people have right. to hit rock bottom before we're like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. But, you know, then there's some that are just like, it could just be they've been doing really good, and then like they had a bad month, <laughs> and I, then you're I, like, "Wait, no. I can relate to the stubbornness." I, I'm yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, on your website, I noticed you have challenges—a five-day challenge to jumpstart your way to success in life. Um, what what is that all about? What kind of? I mean, what, what kind of challenge is that? I mean. Do you have to actually do <laughs> you, you you give them actual specific <laughs> no, tasks? No, I've had I've done some different challenges through like Facebook groups and stuff. Like I did a fall in love with yourself challenge. Fall um, in love with yourself. <laughs> um, I actually was about to do another one, and then I decided to do it a different way. But um, yeah, no, it's just like a five day challenge, just to kind of like get people thinking about what they're thinking about, and um, teaching them about self care and giving them some homework and. Because it's like I said, it's not something you can just say, oh, you know what? I'm awesome today. And the rest of the days are just going to be awesome from here on out. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a process because, you know, it took a lot of years for me to end up this way. So it's going to take time to undo. It's almost like you go back and unwind it. So challenges was just kind of like a jump start 
to get people, you know, doing the self-care and journaling or um, exercise or eating better, whatever it is that they specifically need. So journaling is a big part of it. Yeah. Journaling is great because, and I say this, what's really great about journaling is like I said, if you take one step every single day, so you journal for a year and then you look back at what you wrote a year ago and you're like, who is that person? (laughs) How am I changed so much? It's a great way. And not only that, but you can set intentions and have gratitude and just write what you're thinking in those moments. And then looking back or we don't remember everything. Right. So it's so great because there's stuff I can look back because I've been journaling for over a decade. I can look back and be like, I don't remember any of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it's, it's curious that you say that or interesting that you say that because today I was thinking I got to really limit my time on social media. Uh, I do this stuff on social media and most of my businesses run on social media, but I want to cut down on, the nonsense stuff I do on social media and reading other people's posts and comments and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that struck me as I was thinking about that is on Facebook, they have this um, memory section. And every day I read my, my memories and they're loaded up from 2006 when I first joined Facebook. And I'm looking back and even stuff last year. I'm like, wow, who the hell wrote that? I wrote that a year ago. That's me. That doesn't sound like me. And I was thinking my memories are some of the oddest things I would, I would ever, uh, I wouldn't like me if I, if I knew that guy who wrote that in 2006 or 2007. And there's a lot of that. And so it surprises me every day. Like, wow, how much I could have changed in Mm -hmm. such a short time sometimes. Uh, it's really, really, uh, so that's the one part of social media that I think, uh, it's good. It, it, it's actually a good thing that people can actually reflect and look at where they were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago on this day and say, wow, I, mm-hmm. and not recognize themselves. And that's a that's an eye opening moment. So mm-hmm. a lot of this is introspection and, and looking at yourself in a very honest way that some of us are afraid to do isn't it like to be honest with yourself and really take a good look at who you are and what and what, what mm-hmm. makes you tick yeah and that is scary for people and i think um that is one of the things like a life coach or an empowerment coach like we listen we're actually listening to what you're saying because sometimes you're not listening to what you're saying because yeah. usually once you catch them saying this very specific phrase will tell them where all the stuff is coming from right and yeah. it's just a matter of they're so used to hearing it, they don't even think about it. And then, like I'll say, you just said that. Kind of like when I called you out on, you said that was selfish when it's not really, <laughs> right, not right. really selfish. And then you yeah. start digging into, well, where did that come from? And who said that to you? And do you really believe that? And then, yeah, so. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot in in people. If you kind of play back some of the stuff they said, they kind of – uh don't own it in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like wow i you know because i've heard some people and i'm not going to mention names too loudly in this house um <laughs> but uh so say things like um they they were angry because they felt out of control and i well it's a control issue uh and they would deny that but I, and when it comes out it's felt i didn't have control why? Okay, <laughs> those are the words you just said. What? That's what I've been saying this whole time along. So, and, you know, people don't necessarily listen to themselves speak and listen to their mm-hmm. own words a lot. There's a lot of truth in that. So, is that your job? Is basically um, a listener and a playback uh, machine for, for for people? Is, so as a coach? Yeah, sometimes. 
Yeah, because you're looking for those seeds. I call them seeds or roots. Um, that's, you know, someone might have said something or because when those are left to fester, like for me, because someone told me when I was little, I was worthless. It just grew and grew and grew to this huge thing so that it encompassed my entire life. Everything I did was worthless. Right. So it's just a matter of going back. It's almost like um, like you're I'm a gardener and I'm helping them cut some weeds and get to the root to get that out. Because then once you get that out, that's when you really see the change because now you're not carrying that anymore. Right. So the, the last part of that sentence about the five-day challenge, I want to read it again, is to help jumpstart your way to success in life. Success in life is, uh, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? Because that's, that's a matter of how you're going to define success uh, because we can define success a lot of ways. For instance, most of the people jumping in this game, the podcasting game, are defining it or trying to define it about when am I going to make money from it? When am, when am I going to be able to pay the bills with it? Rather than defining it as uh, how good a job am I doing at? What kind of value am I adding to the world? What what kind of really positive uh, force in in a change for the better and, and legacy am I leaving by doing what I'm doing? They they measuring success by. Uh, how much money is it going to make or where will it pay my bills and all that kind of stuff, a monetary stuff. So finding the way to success is often uh, determined by how you're actually going to uh, define what success means to you. Mm -hmm. Is it not? Yeah. it's Everybody has their own um, description. Their own definition of success is going to be different for everybody. So, but then so, again, like as an empowerment coach, like, Every every session is different because it's depending on the person. It's exactly what they need or what they want or what they think or what they see. So yeah. So is any, can is anything be different. unrealistic then? Any uh, like any? So if I wanted to find my so for instance, if I wanted to find my uh, success for me by being handsome and famous, um, that's not going to happen. It's kind of unrealistic goal. Um, is is anything unrealistic in your view to, to if i set this uh, this is my the way i'm going to define success for myself is do you ever come across anything like that while well, you're just being unrealistic no because mostly what i'm looking for and what i help people is to live authentic lives so when you're actually being authentic to who you are success isn't about money and it's not because you're already beautiful and you're already you know everyone's journey is beautiful and everyone's life is beautiful once they understand that they are exactly who they are meant to be because like for me i could look at success as oh, i'm gonna make millions of dollars but that's not it for me to be authentic and it goes along with ripping my soul out success to me is actually helping people be authentic and helping them get rid of all of the weight and all of the abuse and all the trauma and all that negative thinking that's success to me and I'm, I'm like about to cry and me helping people not live like I used to live. My success is having someone not have to go another day hating themselves. Okay. Uh, I, I, I appreciate everything you just said there. And I, I kind of sort of, I, I definitely agree with what you just said there, but that's for you. Now, what about, and I'll give you a, a specific example. I had a young man who uh, was on this program and he actually defined his success by getting. He said the, the cat's jumping around in the, in the window back there. Uh, he <laughs> defined he defined success by I got to get famous fast. He's twenty twenty years old, twenty two years old or something. And he if he doesn't get success, uh, get famous quickly, 
he's not a success and and that's in his mind and so i tried my best to kind of point out the, the fallacies in just that measuring post of of putting that out there for yourself like fame in it, in and of itself is not really a, a a worthy goal it's it it's a byproduct of what you do and add to uh, adding value to enough people's lives that they celebrate you that's what celebrity and fame is all about is that you've added enough to people's lives that they feel like the, uh, collectively they all want to celebrate what you've done so fame is not the goal it's a byproduct of mm-hmm. what the goal should be but so for me to try to talk to to kid, it was like talking to that brick wall behind me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to get through. So yeah, I understand what you were saying about you know what your goal is and for you to accept that. But how do you work with somebody who who just is setting an unrealistic goal like that? You know, fame and not understanding like able to get through to what's really behind that motivation and what really it. How do you get get back to being authentic from that place? Um, again, it depends on their, like on the client, because if like, I'm honest with them, if they're not going to listen and they're not going to ask and they're not going to do the actual work and dig it in, because with him, you would have to understand where is he coming from with that? What is it that he thinks he's going to get if he's famous? I mean, what is, where's the underlying seed of that need? I mean, what I'd be asking, what is it going to get you? Back, we're back to where we started. Love. That's that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his bucket is pretty empty uh, as yeah. far as uh, so he needs. Yes, I I would agree. Anybody who's really that's their goal, and the cat's driving me crazy back there. Uh, the <laughs> the idea be on TV. Yeah, I want to I want to be loved by, and I need not just one person to tell me they love everybody. me. I need I need everybody to to mm-hmm. love me and celebrate me. Uh, I would think that's just a marker of very very low self-worth and 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 so uh you know for them basically they need the kindergarten version of what you do right (laughs) yep there's there's steps (laughs) yeah yeah but there's also stuff with an an age like if he's young he may think that that's going to i mean it's just the same as um relationship wise people that just go out with everybody just because they think well if i have this person in my life i'm gonna get love that's not always the case so right. in his instance, it's not a relationship. It's like, I need the whole world to think I'm awesome. You know, I have to have that fame. It's a matter of digging into the why, though. Why do you feel like you have to have that? Right. Um, a lot of this sounds, um, for lack of a better term, a little bit like uh, religion in a, in a way. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> like having some kind of higher purpose, higher um higher power in some way is there is that aspect to it is there a spiritual aspect to what you're talking about there can be um but if you're just looking at a person i mean what you're looking at the the person like they have to love themselves and they have to have the power come through them because even if you're looking at a higher self or a higher you know like a god or a i don't know some higher power that still has to come through you right right Uh Right. <laughs> so, so, so uh, if people come to you, to you, how long does is there like a 
uh, what do you call it, like a semester? Is there a time period that you work with some people? And then like, because I, I know you've developed courses, like how long does that take and, and how much of a um, time commitment or, or long-term time commitment is, is involved in, is it individual for everybody? Like do you have to kind of it's, come in? Yeah, it is. It depends on the person because like I said, for me, it took me like a good year, like a really hardcore digging in courses, mentors, because I had a lot of abuse and I had a lot of trauma where I've had one, I've had a client come in and within 30 minutes because they didn't have that. They had already been on the path of personal development and they had a really awesome life. They were just stuck in one spot. So just, it depends. I would say like the, the more that the longer you've let it fester, the longer it's going to take on this side versus if you're already in the process. I mean, some of us, stubborn people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. take longer because we fight ourselves. It's, it's all just a matter of being able to actually listen to self and take care of self. Me too. I, I'm one of those uh, people who, uh, you know, it take a long time for me to really even um, come to grips with, with who and what I really wanted in life. I, I Because when I was young, uh, yeah, and uh, again, a lot of the stuff you write, it comes from outside um external influences that tell you what it's going to take to be happy and we we put a lot of pressure on people for as i mentioned before things like uh you get go through school you graduate school you can then you're going to get a, mm-hmm. uh, get into a relationship get married go to you know get a yep. degree whatever it is <laughs> and and then we get caught up in trying to do those things thinking the next thing is going to be where we'll find happiness and mm-hmm. peace and all that stuff and you go through that and basically 30 years or 30, 40 years go by and you say I did all that and still feel empty. What mm-hmm. am I, what am I missing? Uh, and that's the point. I think if we're going to talk about rock bottom towards this stuff, that's the point where you decide I need to, I need to find my purpose uh, is when you get to that point where you, you think you've done everything you were supposed to do to make you happy. You've done it all and you're still not happy for whatever reason. So now's the time I need to make some changes. So that, that could be the rock bottom point. No. Sometimes, yeah, it just depends. Yeah, <laughs> but that's when you—that's when you got to realize that that's part of what's wrong with the world. Is the world's always trying to tell us what we need? It doesn't know. We're the only ones that know. <laughs> We're so yeah. busy looking out here when we all got to do is look in here. All the answers—we have all the answers for ourselves. So, they don't have it. They don't know what I'm thinking. Right. And that that's kind of leads up to where I was, was going to go. You don't know what they're thinking either. So how do you measure your success? Because your success comes from helping people find their purpose and passionate about leading people to their truth and all that stuff. How do you know when you've, you've reached that mark with somebody? Because <laughs> they could be acting. They could be acting. Uh, well, um, some of my gifts, I'm really good at telling. I can tell when people are full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> i can um i can tell when people are lying to me and i'm one of those that's why i said people have to actually want help because right. i'm very open and i'll be like are you sure that exactly what you're trying to say or do like i will question i because it's not mine to tell them what to do i will just guide them i will ask them questions because like i said they have to do the digging i can't necessarily see sometimes i can know sometimes i know stuff and people are like how can you possibly know that but they have to know it it doesn't do me any good i can know exactly you know you could like you even as a parent you could say well i know you need to do this and this and this but if they're not gonna listen to you and do it 
you're not going to get anywhere. So they have to. Are you still an active teacher or or, or teaching in school? Is that what you do? I used to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And I had to learn, like I had to take a lot of step backs um, because even in a school kids, they're not going to learn if they don't want to. Right. That's, that's a big part uh, of, um, (laughs) yeah. uh, You know, when you talk about our educational system, I think there's a big part of it is we, we haven't changed the curriculum in 250 years or whatever. And we're still teaching. Yeah. So, (laughs) and so a lot, and I think everybody went through this when they were going through school, like, what am I learning this for? Am I ever going to use this in my life? Most Mm -hmm. of that stuff turned out to be true. I've never used like, uh, you know, trigonometry in my life ever. (laughs) A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so obviously if I'm not going to use it in my life and I don't really want to learn it, it's going to be a harder uh, Mm -hmm. journey for me and not going to be enjoyable and I'm going to hate it. And so, yeah, that doesn't work out that way. Which Uh, is the same with life because if you're not going to listen to yourself and I'm one of them, people are listening. I was one of them. I would always try. I thought I'd try to have control and I wanted the power and I would, I'd look at my life as like a big giant puzzle and I would take this piece and I would just try to shove it in over here, even though that's not even where it went because that's where I wanted it to go. I wasn't listening to myself. I spent, you know, cause I went, I spent thousands of dollars to become a teacher because I told myself I need to be a teacher, which I kind of am, but in a different roundabout way, okay. <laughs> you know, just- so it's a matter of listening to yourself to make the changes. Do you, can somebody's uh, life purpose change at, at some point? So I, I always felt my purpose was to uh, play music in a band, and I, I did for 45 years. And then COVID hit, and all my gigs got taken away, and I found uh, I was loving doing this more. I, I used to be in radio many years ago. I uh, lost that opportunity because of my own bad behavior, but I always wanted to get back into it. I found myself kind of blacklisted locally, so I couldn't get back into it. That's a whole other story. But so I wanted to be back in radio. And so I started this before COVID hit as a way to kind of feel back in radio at some point because I, I'm semi-retired, I guess. <laughs> I'm not working for the corporate world. I'm working for myself. So I, I discovered that this passion is stronger right now than, than the music stuff, and I'm really feeling like I'm more on my purpose in here, and I'm, I'm actually adding more to people's lives, more value to people's lives through this than I ever felt like I was doing through music. So the question really is, can, can somebody's purpose change, or just is it just my perception of what my purpose is has changed. <laughs> it could go either way. I mean, your perception could change, but sure, we grow and we morph. Our life is a journey the whole time. Because if I look at, you know, what I thought um, my purpose was, you know, 10 years ago, does it, you know, as I've been teaching, does that mean that wasn't my purpose? No, I think it was a step on my purpose because I still was empowering students every single day. So it's just like it shifted a little different. Am I still teaching? No, I'm not teaching kids. I'm teaching adults now. (laughs) I just, you know, it's like I, I, you know, I'm still in alignment of what my purpose is. It's just morphed and shift because I have, you know, you're always growing and changing. Your journey is always growing and changing. Interesting. Why couldn't your purpose shift and, and go with you? Gotcha. 
So the the website has been up on the screen the whole time. It's called soullovelegacy.com. I think the most important word in that is legacy. Uh, most people don't really think about legacy. They think, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, it's just like I'm punching a clock through life. At the end of my life, what it what what is the legacy I want to live leave for for the world? And I think. Very few people, because well, I've asked a lot of people, like, what kind of legacy do you want to live? And often they're stumped. They, they have no answer for that. Uh, I think that's the most part. And I, of course, you'll say love is, right? You'll say love is the most important part. It's all love legacy. But I, I think legacy really is because once you, once, you, once you own the fact that you need to have a legacy, the rest mm-hmm. of that comes kind of follows along. You agree? Yeah. And what's funny, because I had soul love forever. I'm like, so I'm like, I kept going, something's missing. Something's missing. Yeah. <laughs> the legacy. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what it's missing. That's what, you know, when we start paying attention, what am I leaving behind? What is my legacy? Why am right. I here? What am I doing? So uh, I mentioned the website and it's going to be clickable. It'll be in the description, of course, soullovelegacy.com. So how do people, what's, what's the recommended way to get started? They get on a mailing list or something, or is there a consultation? How do you, you know, what's the first steps with you? Um, well, they could uh, message me through Soul Love Legacy or like they could email me at soullovelegacy at gmail.com. Um, I guess I could, I don't know. I said, I guess I could just send you, I have a Calendly link. Then get on my calendar. Okay. I could uh, send you that link if you want. Yeah, that would be good. I'll put that in the description uh, just so people have some way to know like what what the first steps are. And because uh, you've mentioned several times it depends on the individual. So I imagine there's got to be some kind of consultation beforehand mm-hmm. to, so that you can determine this is how we're going to this is how I propose we work with with yeah. you and what you need to do. Right. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it. I think I just added it. So they don't actually need that if they go to my website. It'll say there is a spot they can fill out that'll take them to my calendar. Okay, cool. I forgot I added that. <laughs> yeah, website thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, any uh, parting thought? We're up on the hour here. Any uh, uh, parting thought? Big message? You know, big takeaway you want people to have from this conversation we've had? Well, start doing self care, and also don't let someone else's words become your truth. Wow, good one. Good one. Well, I thank you for coming. I wish you great success, and you're welcome back anytime. You know, the door's always open if you want to come back and continue this discussion. I, I think it's a, a fascinating thing. I think you have a, a very uh, lofty goal in wanting to change the world. Uh, I want to change, you know, my world as much as I can, as far as I can see. But changing the world is a really big thing, and I, I applaud you for being that ambitious, but I do think it's really, really ambitious. <laughs> It is, but once I change one person, they can help change other people. <laughs> well, that, that the chain reaction way is yep. definitely a good yep. good approach. So I applaud you there too as well. Well, thank you for coming and continue success. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on minddogtv.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. 
Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by VaporDNA. Founded in 2013, VaporDNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code ORIONQ. Lauren Herbert's folks, uh, yeah, it's all about love. Well, to me, it's all about legacy. I, I really, really uh, believe that. And more people uh, get in touch with just the idea that I need to have some kind of legacy, the more some of these stuff, this stuff will fall into place. I think about my legacy uh, daily, but I have for a long time. It doesn't mean I'm uh, all that self-evolved or all that uh, self-developed. Uh, I am definitely a uh, work in progress, and you people get to witness it on a daily basis usually twice a day, uh, the unraveling of, of a human psyche live stream to the rest of the world. Uh, but I do really, really uh, try to think about my legacy and leaving the world something positive to say I was alive for these many years, however many years I have, uh, just something, a mark to leave on the world that is a better place than it was without me. And so that's where I, I come from with trying to fulfill that legacy. Don't know if uh, I'll succeed in that, but that is my driving force in life. I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you tell your friends about it. Come on back. Uh, go to my YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Go to MindDogTV.com. Get on my mailing list. Questions or comments, info at MindDogTV.com. Definitely let me know what you thought about these uh, two programs today. These were both something a uh, little bit out of uh, the, the realm of what we normally do on this program. So I'd definitely love to hear your feedback and comments on it. Uh, Till tomorrow when my guest is at 1 p.m., I have Anna De Giglio uh, will be here tomorrow, and Lorna Stell will be here tomorrow at 8 p.m. Uh, join me then for the Mind Over TV podcast. Till then, I'm Matt Napo. Have a good night. Bye for now. Said it was a beauty. Jet black hair and big dark eyes. She was just 19 years old. I was 35. We drove across the country. Making love and tears.
There's got to be a reason 